Leonardo DiCaprio. This is the first Oscar and sixth nomination for Leonardo DiCaprio. Thank you. Thank you all so very much. Thank you to the Academy. Thank you to all of you in this room. I have to congratulate the other incredible nominees this year um, for their unbelievable performances. Uh, the Revenant was a product of the tireless efforts of an unbelievable cast and crew I, I got to work alongside. I have to thank everyone from the very onset of my career, Mr. Caton Jones, for casting me in my first film, Mr. Scorsese, for teaching me so much about the cinematic art form, to Mr. Rick Yorn. Thank you for helping me navigate my way through this industry and to my parents. None of this would be possible without you. And to my friends, I love you dearly. You know who you are. And lastly, I just want to say this. Now let's stop this motherfucker out of the And now, emanating from our basement studios. I've never seen contraptions with so many buttons and knobs and dials before. This is WADD Talk Radio with Bill Neville. I'm the king of the world! <laughs> Patrick Keenahan. I've been a rich man and I have been a poor man. I choose rich every fucking time. And Sean Keenahan. The big boy's gonna wash himself. Okay. Let's go. Please welcome your host, Chris Rock. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo! Man, I, I counted at least 15 black people on that montage. Hey, well, I'm here at the Academy Awards, uh, otherwise known as the uh, White People's Choice Awards. Uh, you realize... If they nominated hosts, I wouldn't even get this job. <laughs> so y'all be watching Neil Patrick Harris right now. And as we hear from my guy, Leo DiCaprio, and one of the best comics uh, to ever live, Chris Rock, navigate his ways through uh, the murky white waters of the Oscars. Uh, this is WADD Talk Radio, episode 56, Six. I believe. Uh, I am Sean Heenan, hearted person. <laughs> um, with me are two other cool, cooler characters from Leonardo DiCaprio movies, Patrick Keenahan What's up, guys? and Bill Neville. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You know what? Yeah, that was phenomenal. These, these, during the intros, obviously, they we have new quotes from Leo movies because we all love Leo DiCaprio and he finally won his best best actor Oscar, which he uh, has probably deserved for the past couple times he's been nominated. He finally got it. Streak is finally over. Uh, Bill and Pat decide, uh, without my knowledge, to throw in those quotes and they're laughing hysterically over there in the intro and my name hasn't come up yet and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to get Gilbert Grape, aren't I? The big just... boy going to wash himself. Right. <laughs> I do wash myself. I do t wipe my own ass. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, so. I, good for I Leo. Just, I you just know knew what? It was coming. Yeah, good, no. Good for Leo. Awesome. Finally, the internet can rest on the whole thing. Yeah, you know? those oh, stupid memes like, he should get an Oscar for acting like he doesn't care about getting an Oscar. Like that, I saw reposted constantly. Oy. 
But uh, it was a good night overall, I think, with the Oscars. Um, sure, Chris Rock did a pretty good controversial job. in terms of the the response from Chris Rock, uh, who hosted it, and obviously the controversy of uh, hashtag Oscars so white with not a lot of uh, there was no black uh, nominees, I guess, and a bunch of the major ones. But I mean, people are all black, but like the guy who won the best director in Aratu is Mexican. So it's just like I don't know, and they're like I don't know. And, but I thought Chris Rock did a great job. He he attacked it head on. He was that's the definition of being stuck between a rock and a hard place. And no pun intended. He came out swing. Thank you. I didn't even realize he came out swinging and just some great jokes. I thought it was very sure. very funny. And he and he came out in the monologue and said exactly what I was thinking. Where there's been what eighty eight Oscars and. No black person has been nominated probably 75 times. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden it's a big deal, but he came right out and fought it. And he he, he didn't exactly go anti-white the entire night. He, he was making fun of how stupid black people sounded, too. And yeah. I would never say and he his, went anti-Hollywood, too, a lot. Yeah, his like. set has never been anti-white. No, not, not that no. I'm saying that you're saying that. But that but was the whole I'm premise behind he just the Oscars did his hashtag. thing. You know, but at least he didn't, uh, you know, say his punchline or the setup four thousand times. <laughs> he didn't have that time. He had yeah. to read from the script, yeah, he did. right? Yeah. Um, and you could tell he was kind of weirded out reading from the script, at least from in the beginning. A lot of uhs I think and ums, and I think that's the people trying to find the timing of the teleprompter too. Yeah, you know? and that's it's tough for a comic because I mean I know you know I, I was hearing on different podcasts that you know he was running a set at the Comedy Cellar last you know two weeks ago, and then all last week because he was in L.A. he was running it at the Comedy Store. Um, and apparently there's also a lot of really good, really funny jokes that did not make it to well, air. I bet there were. Um, I mean, I bet there are some incredible jokes that they were like, yeah, we can't put that on television. But yeah, there was a couple ums, there was a couple, and you know, and like restarts, but you know, he's a comic, he rolled right through it, that's gonna happen. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. He made me laugh out loud multiple times, like the Stacey Dash thing when she came out. Like, <laughs> so again, Stacey Dash, everyone's like, oh, come on, because Stacey Dash... Uh, you know the black girl from Clueless, yep. and, uh, who it. apparently is like forty <laughs> something years old, and she looks amazing. Uh, she came out and was like, "Happy Black History Month, everybody!" And she came out and said that there shouldn't be any Black History Month because that's stupid, and that uh, they can't really black people can't complain if we have channels like BET and the BET Awards that are only black people. So, I mean, she was making her whatever point on Fox News, but I thought that was very funny. Um, I thought overall is. It was okay. I mean, the Oscars is the Oscars. It's always kind of weird. I mean, the top six, you know, the, the the major six categories are always fun to watch. And obviously, with Leo getting his, his finally getting his Oscar, that was good. I know Pat, you didn't you didn't watch it right at all. No, I watched it a little bit. I fell asleep. I watched pretty much the whole second half. You did. I, I, I watched almost the, the first half. I was watching so, Walking Dead, so I didn't see the uh, between all of us. We the watched beginning it. of it. You know how lucky Leo got with winning that because. You don't think that they're going to be at least turning a little bit of the focus more to the darker side next year and, and the years coming up where well, they're I mean, going to the be roles, nominating and well, it's not even and and, 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 black, and more African American or more darker characters will be winning or not characters that, that you know actors, actors yeah saying. but uh, it, but he that's funny yeah no he, he and he definitely um, I think some of his other roles he could have gotten it. Uh, he deserved it more than his role in The Revenant. However, his role in The Revenant was absolutely stunning. It's just that guy's just an incredible actor. But I think in what you're saying is that you know he got it this year because you know maybe next year there might be some more black people or black actors in that. However, that's also a, that's part of the other discussion. The other half of that discussion of Oscar So White is is oh they're not being nominated because 
they're not really in any major roles either in major movies. So, I don't know. That's except the main character of Star Wars was black. Yeah, right. Please, come on. So and like and Samuel L. Jackson face. was in Hateful Eight. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I don't know. It's knock your I, shit off. I think it's kind of leave it to the year 2015 and 2016 for this shit to come up. The most PC stuff ever. Uh, which I hope that tide is turning. Um, just so we don't have to hear all that bullshit. Well, if Donald Trump gets elected, I don't. You never know. Yeah. Well, there's going to be like a hundred million more people going into Canada. Um, Did you see that? That was the most googled thing. Yeah. 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 That the most googled thing yesterday during Super Tuesday was how do I move to Canada? <laughs> Holy crap! And Google doesn't lie. No. Enough well, people they do, but that's well, yeah, a good point it, about that type of stuff. Search numbers are numbers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, they can pull the numbers on that. Uh, but that's definitely interesting. Oscars, you know, I, I, I get, I've been getting farther and farther away from watching those type of, of shows because it's becoming more and more focused on, you know, what they're dressing and what they're wearing. And all. Yeah. And just, and I watched a little bit too like, much of the red carpet. It's and not. Get Ross from thing. the Jay Leno show. Hi. He, he literally said, he's like, oh my God, I have a girl crush on her. It's like, that's <laughs> just a crush. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, which man. is, I mean, all right. The, the kid, Jacob Tremblay, who was uh, probably should have been, he's a nine-year-old, I think. I think he was seven when the um, the movie Room uh, was, uh, Brie Larson won Best, uh, best Actress because awesome. of her. It was incredible. I heard her performance in that movie was, in, uh, was intense. I, I didn't see it. But him on the red carpet, you know, he's this nine-year-old kid. Um, I think he's just as obsessed with Star Wars as you are, Bill, because um, they R two D two came out and C three PO and BB eight, and like he like jumped out of his chair to look at it. And Ryan Seacrest on the red carpet. Ryan Seacrest, he's like, so uh, how's the red carpet from your perspective? And without missing a beat, the kid goes, "There's a lot of legs." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And that's I was fantastic. like, "That's awesome." I mean, I, I have a feeling that that might have got fed to him, but just his timing with it was like perfect. <laughs> uh, so I think I, I, the red carpet, you're right, is just like whatever. I it's think more about the movies. It is. I think the only reason I was so interested this year is because I think this is the first time I saw I saw three of the movies that were up for Best Picture. So I think that's like the first time really ever I had that I I seen that many. So I was very interested. And I'm. And you agree with the winner? Absolutely. Uh, the winner of Best Picture was Spotlight, which I know after I saw it, I came on here and was raving about it, and I. I would like to say I thought it should win best best picture, and because um, it was just incredible. It also won best screenplay, I think. Uh, so just I uh, I was blown away by how good that was, and they definitely deserved it. And did you? See, I don't know. I mean, I know you didn't see it, Patrick, but did you see any of the highlights of like Michael Keaton coming up after it, and he's he, pumping he did, his fist, and you can clearly see him go, go "Fuck yeah, fuck yeah!" <laughs> yeah I definitely <laughs> saw that. Definitely saw it. Michael Keaton's the man. He really is. Talk he, about a resurgence in his career. I mean. He started what he got famous from like what like Mr. Mom, which was in 1982, mm-hmm. and then in the past two years he's and in Birdman Batman. and he's in you know he was Batman too. But then you know, last the, year he's in Birdman. Birdman wins Best Picture. What was the main? And then he's movie? in Spotlight this year, and that wins Best Picture. But what was the main movie that really put him back on the map, almost on like pulp, pop culture type maps? Do you remember it? It's the uh, other guys. You remember that where he's oh, the police chief, right. but he also like manages a Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, "All right, guys, uh, go out on the floor. Remember, uh, there's a rapist in Queen. I'm sorry, that's the wrong job. Uh, we got some more tea uh, cutting boards in aisle seven now. It's, it's, he is unbelievable. Hey guys, I don't want you to creep. 
creep. <laughs> are you are you are you doing that on purpose? Are you are you referencing, referencing TLC? TLC lyrics? Uh, and guys, I mean, no, 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 I'm not. But I just don't want no scrubs. In that another, <laughs> in that uh, you know him two years in a row being involved with the best picture, um, the best director uh, in a ratu. I forget his first name. In a ritu. In a ritu. Alejandro Inaritu. Uh, Alejandro Inaritu is Mexican. Uh, two years in a row, best director. He directed The Revenant uh, this year. Last year, um, he won for um, uh, Birdman. Thank you for that reference. <laughs> helped me out there. Uh, so that's the first time that that's happened since I think the 1920s for a best director two years in a row. Uh, just to kind of round out the top six. Obviously, we said Leo won best actor for his role in, as Hugh Glass in The Revenant. Brie Larson, we said, won best actress for her. Uh, portraying in Room, uh, Mark Rylance uh, as the I quote unquote spy in Bridge of Spies, the guy that Tom Hanks goes and helps. He won Best Supporting. Uh, that was I think a lot of people were expecting Sly Stallone to win for Creed, kind of just as a yeah, good point as a as like a career capper for him. Uh, I didn't see Creed. Did you either of you see no. Creed? I heard it's good. I bet we all three of us would that's like definitely it. a rental. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that Rylance won, um, just because they. I think they just expected Stallone to win. It was kind well, of like a well, was like nostalgia those, pick. Yeah, you th- it was one of those Peyton Manning things. You just you know he's going to win the You know he's going to have his little out to pasture type thing. That's a but very let, good point. Let's, yeah, let, let's let's you know let him have it. He deserves it. He's amazing, but he he's not really that good nowadays. It's no. It's, I think it's the laugh- only reason like, he you was see that, that... those Expendables movies, no. it's laughable. It's yeah, laughable. I bet. But I think the reason why he's so good and creative because that's that's his character. You know what I mean? That's like he really. Know- I mean, he wrote Rocky. He, he embodies it. You know. So and then uh, best supporting actress went to Alicia Vikander for her role in The Danish Girl opposite uh, Eddie Redmayne. Uh, and I think a lot of people were expecting Eddie when that trailer came out and all the hubbub about the danish girl came out it was eddie redmayne he won last year was right didn't like, he win best best actor last year it Bill? was for the stephen hawking movie yes exactly so i think I a lot of people called. were like oh here's another oscar not for him you know he's coming in and when it came out that this alicia vikander who uh, a lot of people think are gonna she's gonna absolutely blow up uh stole that movie in terms of acting uh so she de- i think a lot of people definitely thought that she deserved that what, in the, the Danish girl? In the Danish girl. Um, was she just like hand out breakfast foods or what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that what the movie was about? Thank you for reminding me that you... <laughs> Did you see the clip of the black people in uh, in the different... It was kind of like a Chris Rock... It was like a sketch in, in his monologue where... Chris Rock's monologue where it was like, enjoy... Uh, it's, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is like going to do the infomercial for the mop or whatever. And green screen in the back is Whoopi Goldberg mopping up behind her. Just say it, honey. And they kind of just threw black people in the movies that were all white people. And it was the Danish girl. And it was Tracy Morgan in a dress with thing. And he's just <laughs> eating a Danish. Yeah. So funny. I did see that. Yeah, that so, really so funny. funny. And then it was, uh, Leslie Jones was acting like the bear in the revenue. Oh beating God. the, sh- oh, beating the shit out of Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that was perfect. That, that was, I think, the highlight uh, for me. Into that was so, so Leslie Jones funny. is awesome. She's she really like forty, is. isn't she? And she's yeah. terrifying. She's yeah, been she's doing stand up for like twenty five years. Like open my comedy for like fifteen years without any sort of success. 
Uh, Bill, your uh, one of your favorite movies won Best Animated. Oh, uh, Inside Out. Yeah. yeah, it was. I was very happy to see that. The movie was incredible. If you have a chance to see it, it's very, very well written. I've been and, meaning to. Yeah, and it is. It's one of those movies where you sit back and you and you think to yourself afterwards, like, how did they think of that? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you know the basis of the movie. Yeah, I, I, but there's emotions in this girl's head, but these emotions are actual are physical characters. characters yeah, and it's. It's incredible how it's written, how it's portrayed on the screen, how it's animated, and they couldn't have picked better characters or or actors to yeah, play. Yeah, I remember these you characters. mentioned that before that like you couldn't. You, Amy Poehler you, is Joy, and she's very spunky. Wasn't it like Louis Black. Louis is Black like is anger. Anger. The perfect. Just, the yeah, perfect. perfect. You literally that, could yeah. not pick a better character for the for the character Anger. Is is Louis Black? Um, and then another, uh, like I said, Spotlight won Best Screenplay, The Big Short. Uh, one best adapted who the, so that was Adam McKay. Yep. Uh, and I think the other guy also Adam McKay went on his little political standpoint, and so did uh, so did Leo a little bit. We cut that off, which I was I was yeah. happy to hear. I thought you guys, I didn't think you guys were going to leave it in. It wasn't worth it. But uh, I think it's a big step for Adam McKay. I mean, he's you know the the quintessential comedy writer. Um, I know we're we're going to talk more about comedy later in those jokes, and I know next episode too we're, we'll get even to more into modern comedy, and I have more to talk about with Adam McKay. But for him to go into a serious role like that, he kind of punched it up um, the adapted screenplay, and uh, so I thought that was great for him. I was I was like, all right, dude, when he like started talking about you know like campaigning and finances and fucking pol- politics, it's just like, all right, yeah, you, you got your two seconds, like get off the goddamn stage. What did you think of Leo's little political thing at the end? I it's not a surprise. Yeah, uh, he's maybe only because I just read when he was on the cover of Rolling Stone, it was like the most hand jobby Rolling Stone article ever for like, oh, let me fall around like the coolest guy ever, and like, you know, in between hits of a vape, he's talking about how to save the world and like all this bullshit, and. Leo's been pretty outspoken about environmental awareness and and making sure that the earth's in a good spot. And he always talks about, you know, the revenant, you know, and how that's people using the land and things like that. So uh, not surprised that he used that time to, to talk about that, you know. So I don't know. It is what it is. There's a couple other... Uh, Mad Max won a bunch of the everything technical awards, right? Wouldn't you say more technical, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really cleaned up. Well, they won six, didn't they? I was surprised that was even up, you know, for for that was best picture, right? Wasn't it? Uh, was it was that a nominee. Yes. That's yep. a little crazy. I mean, it was awesome. I really liked that movie and the technical aspects. I think it won like sound editing. It won costume design. Uh, a couple of the other ones. Unbelievable movie. I saw it again on on t- television. I just had to keep keep watching. It's unbelievable. What did you think of Louis C.K.'s bit? And then tremendous. Did you see the joke that he made? He when he opened up the envelope, he said Mad Max. I'm yeah, just kidding. Nah, <laughs> very very funny. I mean, there's this you know, good. it's just goes just goes to show how great he is. Louis he, would be an excellent standing, host. He's standing a first down away from all of these people and just saying, "You guys don't fucking care about being here." Like, no, you guys he's don't, like, it doesn't matter blah, 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 for you. He's like, like these people. Yeah, like. He goes, this is the only Oscar that's going to be driven away in a Civic. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, he goes, there's so much stress about whoever wins this because it's going to be the most valuable thing in their apartment. Not even house, not even apartment. That was also pretty cool is that Chris Rock introduced him. And those guys have been doing comedy together since the late 80s. And they're like best friends. I mean, so 
I think I thought that was very cool. And his you know, his credit and he's like from the Dana Carvey show. I mean, that's like way back in the day that they were both writers on that. Dana Carvey. Uh, so, yeah, and what else, you know, that was best sh- documentary short or something like that and yep. he's like these are the films that really matter and stuff like that oh it's so funny i really liked it i mean he's just the best he really is apparently like it was funny for us but apparently in the room it like destroyed oh yeah and it's those that's always tough too, too for them we were talking how uh you know tough it is for chris rock to you know get out of his element of reading off a prompter type thing like that and you also understand is everyone who's watching that and everyone at, the, at all those tables and stuff no one's really paying attention. Mm-mm. Like you don't have full attention, and for a comic not to have that feeling of in the, all in eyes, the room. yeah, it, it's probably it throws you off a little bit. That's what they say, even with like when comics talk about doing five minutes on Conan. You know, they're used to the people right in front of them laughing, and if it's not killing, they're like, "Oh man, I'm bombing." But really, you're playing to the television audience. And that's exactly what you're saying, that Chris Rock, you know, if not, not a lot of people are paying attention. But I think, he, I mean, he's the quintessential professional in terms of being a comedian. So he knew what he was doing. But uh, it could be a little weird. Also, he used <laughs> the people in the crowd to talk about, uh, he engaged them with uh, guilting them into buying all the Girl Scout cookies for his daughter's uh, Girl Scout troop. I thought that, that was, was awesome. That was so funny. He's like... I know, I know. You just won a bunch of money from that contract from that movie or whatever. And then he points to the other guy. And goes, "You can't buy it. You got diabetes." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You get what sixty five grand out of that? Yeah, uh, I think just over. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And he was talking about. It, he's like, "Now I came in second place to like Miss Dunn last year." And he's like, "With six hundred bucks." He's like, so, "Yeah, <laughs> six hundred bucks." And he's like, "I'm coming for you." <laughs> and he's signing Oscars. Like, I'm going to beat you this year. 60, of course you are. You're in the room full of millionaires. They got some really good pictures of a lot of those guys eating or yeah. eating the cookies. Like there's a great picture of Leo with uh, one of the uh, shortbread cookies and just the tree foils. And he is just my, so pumped. To besides have those. Thin Mints, my favorite, my second. Yeah, I think that would be the order for me. The new peanut butter cookies are pretty freaking good too. I don't like the way the peanut butter. They all. I like the old peanut butter in that. I don't yeah, know, I think they changed the peanut butter. Like the rounded. Yeah. What are they called? They're called uh, peanut butter cookies. Just regular peanut butter. Yeah. There's no cool name anymore. I mean, is there anything better than a nice frozen Thin Mint? No. I don't... No. I don't think so. They're pretty phenomenal. Put yeah. those in a milkshake? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, boy. Now we're talking. Want to pause the show and go make one? <laughs> just, oh, my God. <laughs> and we're back. We just, successful... Uh, hey, you know what? Talking about successful green things, let's talk about the Celtics. They are freaking killing it right now. segue. They are killing it. Yeah, they are. 11 in a row, and they're playing tonight... Uh yeah they they won last night um they were able to close out a game last night uh that's they've I feel like when we talked about it earlier this year they they were having trouble closing out games like really exactly the last time we talked about Celtics you're right they would do great through the first half even sometimes even into the third quarter and then they would just some stupid turnovers and then just give up their leads or just and not lose. hit shots yeah and stupid yeah exactly uh, they've been closing out games especially last night. They've really been nailing it. Uh, I mean, Avery Bradley with that block last night. I, w- I was watching it with Nate, my roommate, and he's uh, he's uh, pumping the horn for the bandwagon. That's for sure. He's like, dude, you got to get on the Celtics now. I mean, they're they're good. And then you know, by the time the playoffs, you could say that you've been watching. I'm like, you are, you are such a bandwagon. <laughs> that's what I care about. You are such a bandwagon fan. But he's and he's like, yeah, oh, of course. I'm I'm the leader. I'm I'm the conductor of this bandwagon. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, the have you been watching any of them, Pat or Bill? Or I've only caught here and there. A little bit. Last here and night there. I watched almost the whole game just because I could. 
Yeah, no, I uh, I get bits and pieces of them. Last I've been, night, two I've been, ago, I'm I've been all over Netflix re- recently, uh, a lot more than than normal. Uh, Fuller House. I've been oh watching, yeah, baby. Watched all of those. So yeah, I haven't really been watching a lot of stuff, um, live stuff, if you will. But uh, I'm just how, how'd you like Carly Rae Jepsen's uh, rendition of the opener song? Oh, oh yeah, that's Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I, I think it's awesome. I thought it was going to be terrible, and then I I sort of liked it. No, yeah, they pull it off. Yeah. They pull it off, much like the show. They, they kind of pull it off. Let's put the Celsius on hold for one second. What do you think about Fuller House? Let's stay in entertainment it's for right her- now. It's, it's horrifically awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. So you're tw- 29. You just turned 29. Yep. You're 30. You just turned 27. You turned t- I 27. am 27. Okay. Um, if we were to watch this series back when we were the same age as watching Full House, we would enjoy it as much as Full House because you can tell it has a lot of the same, not themes, they've definitely uh, updated the themes and there's texting and there's emojis and all that Fashion. shit. And all that shit. But no, it's 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 the fact that it's the same template. It's the same, you know, you're getting at least two to three group hugs in the, sure. in the commercial. Is you're Danny Tanner the, stressing about the, the up the right yeah. in will, San Francisco? You will get one person to two people to be sitting on that striped that that plaid couch and they're gonna get a talking to every episode. <laughs> there is a there there's a template to Stephanie, that type no more of sitcom. It's not you know, just much like Seinfeld, much like all they they that, had their own they had their own formulas and the main reason why I like Fuller House a lot more than it seems like everyone else is they st- they stayed true to that formula and it's awesome and it works. Th- that's not what bothers me. That I Wait, lo- so you're saying I lo- that they stick to the new uh, is bothers you? That- no, I love the fact that they oh, stick so to the old template. But ah. the thing that bothers me and it, it reminds me of today's Disney Channel and Nickelodeon shitty acting. The gays. <laughs> Where it's, it's sure. you're right, it's a lot so of it's like one-liners these, these over and- the top like unrealistic acting kids. Just throwing out these one-liners after another. There's one thing on earth that I really don't like. It's kid actors. That Trombley kid I was talking about before is just a great actor, but kid actors. Yeah, well, you know, Full House was made of children actors. Yeah. Sure, but they're not as quirky and goofy as they are now. From what I understand, the Olsen twins are not involved. And they make it very known that they're not. Yeah, they they do a couple digs on them. And and I actually was reading today about why they they haven't gone on. And if you think about it, they haven't acted in 16 years. One of them doesn't act at all, right? They don't act. They 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 don't act anymore. And one, you're right. One hasn't acted in 16 years. Still, on, they're still trying to. They're still detectives. They're still on their <laughs> one mission. They're, yeah, they're still trying to figure out. They haven't who figured stole that out. Yet. I used to watch those. I absolutely, I did too. <laughs> uh, second question: Do Jesse and the Rippers still rip on oh, the first episode? First episode they're there and they, they rip. Do they so rip. The first episode was, have was mercy. The first episode was full of throwbacks and one-liners from the entire Bob series. Saget's weird coke face. Yeah. <laughs> He's but big old nose. How about the uh, the character voices that um, Joey? Yeah, that jo- Uncle Did Joey. Somebody say one. Oh my God, that's what it is. I forgot exactly what it was. Hey, Bill, cut it out. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that is something I will never watch, and I'll I, not it, even like. I won't tr- actively avoid it. I'll just no. I just won't say it. Yeah, it's it's worth it. Yeah, and you know it's what? It was announced episodes. today that they're renewing the second second episode. season. Yeah, the second season. I mean, yeah. So um, more mean, episodes for you not to watch. Yeah, so, well, that's good television. I mean, I've been. On, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but the Showtime show Billions. Uh-huh. Have you guys caught up on it? I've no. I know I've told you to watch it. It's very good. I know you've said that. I just don't listen to you. Have I talked about it on this before? I, I believe <laughs> I have. I think. And you then have. HBO's Vinyl. 
Okay. Um, that's very good. That's got Bobby we Cannavale. Just, we just got HBO, so I, I got the HBO Go and all that stuff. Now, I would say so. you cut, if you got some time, first episode's like two hours long, and then the next one's an hour, and then I think they had one on Sunday. I could be wrong. I know Billions took off because they knew they wouldn't get the... They're going to wait until next Sunday to do it because of the Oscars. I hate how they sometimes do that. Remember, like, Entourage used to wait that extra week for Memorial Day or, used to, or Labor Day? That used to piss yeah. me off. Um, uh, yeah, recognizing war veterans. Assholes. <laughs> no, just like, you know, because <laughs> they know people have off on that Monday or, you know. So I got you, yeah. They're not going to watch, but come on. With On Demand, just put it out. People will watch it if they want to go watch Especially it. Especially now. I need something to do on Monday during work, lunch. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what you can do? You can watch Steph Curry highlights if you want, because Dude, holy crap. There's plenty of them. Okay, over the last 10 games, Steph Curry has averaged 38.2 points with 6.73 pointers per contest, 71.6 true shooting percentage, and mind you, he's, okay. like I said, 38.2 points a game. He is 7.3 assists a game. Unbelievable. It is crazy. And then that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder was a video game. It was it was a video game, on, and he had the cheat codes, uh, and he could hit any shot he wanted. Did you guys see the winning shot? I yeah. did. What, 35-footer? It, it was one of those where he pulled up from there, and, and everyone, was, everyone turned around like, oh, of course, and it went in. Yeah. There's a great picture someone got from the sideline um, of him. It's pretty much he's uh, parallel with Steph Curry. And the or she took the picture, and you see at least a half a dozen people in the crowd already have the no, yeah, hands on the face, hands yeah. on the face, screaming face, um, because they know he they and they had and he the was Warriors had a away. timeout. They could have hit timeout. Don't look. Nope, just let me get to no, it. I'm bang this and right they, now. He uh, he didn't even play last night, uh, and they were able to win. Uh, the Warriors did. They only have five losses on the year right now. They're already ahead of the Bulls through fifty. The ninety-six Bulls through fifty-six games. I think uh, they have five losses, and then the Bulls had six at that point in time. He has Steph alone has more three pointers in the month of February throughout the month of February than three teams combined. It was like <laughs> the Bucks, the Sixers, and uh, God, I forget who else. They also saw another stat on uh, ESPN today where when Steph Curry is playing for the Warriors, their point different throughout the season right now is plus 790 points over other teams. When he's not playing, they're minus 130. Whoa. Now, the Kings are minus 130 on the year against other teams. So it just goes to show you how absolutely dominant the Warriors, not even just the Warriors are, but Steph Curry alone is just just murdering. He already broke his record for most three-pointers made in a season last season and it's only March. And he's got uh, He's on pace to hit over 400. Oh, he, so he broke crazy. his single game record too, didn't he? 12, I think it was. Uh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yep. And he tied his own record from last season of how many hit threes in a season. And he still has like what, 20, 30 games to go. Yeah, there's still a couple months <laughs> and they're going to be playing. He's going to well over 400 three-pointers and set that record for all time. 
It's just, yeah, it won't be touched. Oh my! Well, you never know. But holy crap! <laughs> holy crap! Good for yeah, him. man. I think the NBA uh, when it comes down to the playoffs. There's going to be a lot of good basketball being played. Um, I mean, if we want to go back to the Celtics, I think uh, they've been playing outside their mind. I think they're what third in the East right now. Maybe I think they're second. Second now yeah. with this run, uh, they've been playing great. Brad Stevens is just a phenomenal coach. He finally he got his hundredth win as a Celtic coach uh, the other day. Um, so that, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, dude, Isaiah Thomas is playing outside of his mind. He really, you know, playing on that All Star level that he deserves to be. You know, I mean, he got All Star for yep. a reason. Uh, they're just playing as a team. Just every, they're they're just clicking. They're hitting shots. They're finishing. They're just finishing games. They did last night. I mean, Jay Crowder hit a big three. Sully hit a big three to start, which then set them up, which made the big guy come out and play Sully. Isaiah Thomas opened him up. Jay Crowder to the hole. They did another great play with this, like kind of roundabout, and it just le- left Jay Crowder wide open on the three. And Isaiah Thomas Jr. took like that one extra dribble into the lane that really sold it. But he's so quick and powerful that he's a la- he-, he can turn on the dime and get it back out, kick it back out and across. Where not a lot of guys in the yeah, league forget can about make those that. Open men. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like, oh, he really is committing. Oh, and he dumped it back. And Jay Crowder hit that extra three. And then... Uh, it was Shelvin Mack really played a good game for the uh, shit. Who are they playing? I forget. Um, I just remember Shelvin Mack because he used to play for Butler for um, Brad Stevens, and they got it to uh, who's that white boy? Uh, why am I keep forgetting these kids' names? Uh, uh, Gordon Hay- no, Hayward. Uh, but Avery Bradley just went up and just stuffed his face right at the last second. It was wonderful, wonderful Clutch game. block. Gotta love it that. It really was. Great way He's to end He's been a shutdown D player. Um, so, yeah, jump on the bandwagon now. If we haven't been... <laughs> we got to get the Causeway Street guys in here, I think. Yes, we do. Yeah, Talk we do. before the playoffs. At least one of them. Yeah, either Joel or Joe Sway. Go check that out, CausewayStreetBlog.com. I know they have their podcast up and running. They get the episodes out there a lot. Um, love to take a turn on Causeway Street, you know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We get those boys on soon. Um, so last episode, which was, what, maybe two weeks ago or so, we had uh, broken down a really cool article. Uh, and it was Vulture. They they did the top 100 jokes that have formed today's humor. Um, we did, a, I think, a great job. I had some great clips last week. Um, I listened to the episode. actually went back in to look uh, at the rest of the list because we're going to do 1980s on. Um, at some point, uh, and I realized we missed a couple ones. I, I've actually found five more that have even that much more to do with with comedy and and, oh that, much, and that much more. So um, we got some more clips here, and we'll explain a little bit more. But we got about five clips here, and then next episode we're actually going to get into our part two. So I guess we'll call this like a part one point five, or like, you know, like Jackass does. You know, sure. they do the the point fives or the the point nines or yeah. whatever. So we got a, a, a one point five, uh, but we're going to keep we're not gonna go way back in the day we're gonna keep it in um, the late 60s here um and uh it's actually really funny that it works out this way is um it's bob hope's oscar monologue uh and it's it's really funny because he walks out and, and throws out a controversial joke himself much like uh chris rock did here we are once again welcome to the academy awards or as as it's known at my house passover <laughs> Is that controversial or is that just like one of the... I'm just saying it's one of the first times, and and what I read, it's one of the first times that uh, 
um, Jewish people start poking at themselves being like, we're really heavily into Hollywood here and we are major players here. And, you know, because that was the joke. Hey, Oscars, everyone's out here and the movies and, and, and the celebrities and like that. And it's mostly Jewish people. I didn't know he was Jewish. Yep. Um, and to the point where, uh, oh, and I read this too with, with the extent Bob Hope had so many jokes that he actually, um, he has an 85,000 page joke file. What? And it was scanned by the Library of Congress, Congress because it was, it was so substantial that they thought. Wow. So many jokes. 85,000 pages. I wonder if you can find those scans online somewhere. Oh, I, I, I would hope so. I would hope so. That's um, really cool. Yeah, so uh, Chris Rocks, how many times? He's hosted, is this the second time? Second time, second I believe. Time? Yeah, Bob Hope hosted it 19 times. <laughs> he hosted wow. the Oscars 19 times. Um, so it, th- that's why they said that that one was pretty big. You know, it's one of those where it's kind of Jewish people self-deprecating kind of type thing, um, which kind of brings us into the next one um, with a huge name that we didn't say last time, but it's Mel Brooks. Oh yeah, what huge. A, what a great, great comedian. And and um, the <laughs> this clip is from his uh, the producers uh, movie, the original producers movie, and he uh, he made a song. Um, it's called Springtime for Hitler, and we have we have a clip here. Funny song, yeah, I love it. Gotta love that. It's taking some hun- like classic happy, Mel Brooks, hunky dory, beautiful song, some and they're jabs. singing and they're singing about master races. Yeah, like holy crap. Um, so yeah, that, and that was you know one of the first couple you know true. I'm going after the Holocaust. I don't care. You know, let's laugh about this horrible situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if anyone can do it, it's Mel Brooks. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and he he did it. Uh, he did it classy. Uh, so the next one will bring us into the 70s um, and a huge television show. Um, and this is going to bring it more to more to the female side, like we were talking a lot about in the first episode about this. And Mary Tyler Moore with... Uh, MTM? Yeah, a little MTM. Um, huge on TV. Huge in comedy. Um, this clip, very quick, uh, it explains a lot. You know, it's about that era and, you know, a woman being funny in that era. You know what? You got spunk. Well, I hate spunk. That's one of the you know it's like oh this woman's annoying me you know so I I don't know Sean if you caught any more from that. Uh yeah no I just I remember watching Mary Tyler Moore oh yeah uh, Dick Van Dyke and and falling all over the place Nick at night Ed Asner so it's like very. 
she was very quintessential in terms of like a lead role in terms of a, a television show. Uh, I know you know you have more like you know Thirty Rock with Tina Fey or you know Parks and Rec with Amy Poehler, uh, you know, and certainly Lucy Lucille Ball led the way for Mary Tyler Moore. But it was more a modern kind of woman where she was. You know, she was in charge of doing stuff. It was her show. You know, it was her name across the thing, across the marquee. And it was uh, so like this uh, explanation says, you know, these these type of women, they're charming yet awkward at the same time. And that's what makes them lovable. You know, the awkwardness is funny and the, the charming makes you. It was also very smart jokes, very smart writing. So people could appreciate that. It wasn't just it wasn't ham handed. It wasn't like, oh, you know, just the same jokes over and over again. There was layers, which I think a lot of people uh, appreciated. Yeah, yeah. So the um, so Marilyn Tyler Moore, huge television show, went on for what? Oh my God, how many years? One of the, one of those where it went for a long time. I feel like, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And seeing Nick at Night all the time. Mary Tyler Moore reruns. TV Land, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, TV Land. That was the spot. Uh, TV Land still around? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. really? That's oh. the uh, they uh, have the Jim Gaffigan show. Oh, there you go. They have that uh, that other original Betty White show too, don't they? Hot in Cleveland. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that. I've seen a little bit of the Jim Gaffigan show, which is good. Mm. Classic Gaffigan jokes. God, Gaffigan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who is now playing Colonel Sanders. Oh, I love that. I'm done with those ads. <laughs> I'm <laughs> done with them. Oh, my Lord. Those are getting a little... Finger lagging good! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, hey, uh, next one, bringing us in. A lot of comedians and, and jokes in the mainstream get out there because of late night hosts having... Comics come on and do their sets. As a great know, outlet for you know for comics, you know if you had a good set on on Johnny Carson's show, I mean you could be an over you had one five minute set and you made the whole nation laugh. You were selling out theaters the next week anywhere you went, and you were a household name. Everyone saw it. It was very very big for for late night, you know, for the Tonight Show for sure. It was huge for comics and entertainers in general. I mean, if you didn't do well, then people were like, ugh. If you were a comic and Johnny's like, hey, why don't you come over here and talk to me? I mean, there was no there was no higher honor. And there was a lot less TV options back then too, and a lot of people, a lot more people watched the late show, uh, late night show with with uh, Johnny Carson. Yeah, it was very big in uh, you know in in sixties, seventies, eighties television. Everyone tuned in to right. the late night shows. I don't. I mean, everyone stayed up that late to watch, and I, you know, I know we've mentioned before that you know our generation isn't. You know, we'll check out the Fallon clips next day online, and we'll enjoy them just the same. But I, I'm not staying up to twelve o'clock to watch the goddamn Tonight Show. Yeah, like, screw that. Hey, it's past my bedtime. <laughs> totally. Um, so one of the comedians that made a very good name for themselves by going on the Tonight Shows, and um, you know, he is, I guess, the first ever or the king of observational comedy. You know, before. Before Jay Leno, before Jerry Seinfeld, um, this man by the name of David Brenner, he was the one with. Uh, did you ever notice? Yeah, Brenner just, was the quintessential observational comic. Perfect man. setup to any joke. There's did you a, ever notice? There's a lot of guys that are working today that would put David Brenner as a big influence. So yeah, so I pulled up uh, one of the first ever. Uh, did you ever notice? And uh, David Brenner's talking about uh, taking directions. Uh, from people, you know, car directions, because you had to do that back then. You yep. couldn't, you couldn't just hop on the old Google Maps. Um, but he's talking about uh, dealing with gas attendants and uh, getting directions. And you ever notice you go in a gasoline station, the attendants' directions always start the same way. I look, buddy. <laughs> Pull out of the station. No, I want to drive around the pumps nine hours. I don't want to. <laughs> 
And did you ever notice that the same guy works in every gasoline station in America? It's that character with the hunting cat with the earmuffs. And of course, in July, he turns earmuffs up. And he always wipes your windshield with that filthy black rag. Which I'm convinced is being mailed from station to station. Hey, Harry, we got the black rag in this morning. Oh, good. I can wipe my windshield up. Just the perfect, you know, did you ever notice this and yeah. then let me run with it and do more observational comedy on that? You know, like, you know, like Sean, the, the, the closest gas station to our house we grew up in, the main gas attendant, Zolgar, he wore one of those hats. Yeah, he did. And it's it's just, his name was Zolgar? Zolgar. Zolgar. From Siberia. Right? Awesome. So, anytime I go fill up, he asked me if I want to go to the Copacabana and party in New York City. Huh? And yeah. I was like, well, the Copacabana is not like, we cool. We pick up some girls. Go to Copacabana. Yeah, or pick, up, or pick up Hookers in Patterson. And I was just like, just fill my tank so I can leave. Zolgar saw the map. But that what's Zolgar funny is back the in the day, so Brenner would come, came up with that. Did you ever notice? I mean, nowadays, if you start saying that on stage, you know, those are premises. There needs to be punch. You know, his punchline was the no, buddy. I want to drive around. You know, the the gas station for nine hours. That's a punchline back then because no one was really ever doing that, and no one really had the thought of being like he was picking out these observations that that no one else was really talking about. So that is funny, and like that's the genesis of of the of the new you know observational comedy. But nowadays, like you know, as as it evolves. You would need punchlines for that. You would need funnier stuff, like just to be, hey, you know, hey, no, I want to, you know, people would be like, yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, of course, you know. So there needs to be like more punchlines to it. Like, but back then, it's yeah, that's really funny, you know. That that is the punchline right there because that's true observational comedy. I mean, now observational comedy is, you know, you see guys doing it. They're doing, you know, the best that are doing it, you know, Seinfeld stuff like that. They have their own twists on it and their own punchlines because they're so good at it. But just regular stuff like that nowadays is is not that impressive just because Brenner nailed that formula to the wall and did such a great job of it. You say he created a genre of comedy. Almost, and, yeah. And, and that's obviously shaped humor. You know, observational comedy. And you know, right, like we were talking about last week, like the Henny Youngmans and the Dangerfields with the one-liners. You know, that's they, they did that so well. Well, speaking of uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, that's the story of my life. No respect. I don't no respect. I was drowning. I was yelling, help, help. The lifeguard ran over. So I'm like, buddy, keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't get no respect from anyone. Well, I called up suicide prevention. They tried to talk me into it. All right, obviously not, not, not the two best Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I like the little music at the end there. Yeah, you like that one? Morbid as fuck. Yeah, exactly. It was he's very morbid. funny. I, like I mean, he was morbid, and that's, I mean, Dangerfield's one of the best, man. I like morbid jokes. Or to flip a coin. Or yeah, to so, flip a coin. So that kind of takes us through the Sean. 70s with, uh, you know, because then that'll bring us back into some of the other stuff that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, baby. Um, but I'm thinking next week we'll get into this part two with 1980 on because there are some friggin' gems. Gems, dude. There's... Just it even gets into you know and the first one we're gonna do is in our original intro. Uh, we took it out to to we took it out of Bill's intro after it's Bill Nibble. The, the don't call me Shirley. So that oh. we're gonna get into that type of stuff. Nineteen eighties uh, into part two next week. Um, but we're not done just yet. I think we still have our uh, staple segment of WADD Talk Radio. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of WTF news. 
the stories that make you say, What the f***? What the f***? WCF, mate. What the f***? This is WADD Talk Radio's wild world of what the fuck? Now, my what the fuck is definitely keeping it in, well, at least, you know, we'll, we'll piggyback from Rodney Dangerfield's morbid jokes right into my what the fuck article here. And the uh, headline is 86-year-old woman accidentally hangs herself with medical alert necklace. Now, if you know what a medical alert necklace is, it's the uh, help I've fallen and I can't get. Mobile help, life alert. There's yep, a button. exactly. You press a button and it and it saves your life, doesn't take your life away. Um, so we have a little uh, I've fallen and I can't get up. Or? I've fallen and I can't. Oh, the lady. God damn it. Fuck. Oh, oh Jesus. man. That that's just wrong. That's brutal. Was that, live, was that live on the scene? Yeah. yeah. Jesus H. That was bad. But uh, a yeah, six-year-old Cumberland County woman uh, is coming out of Pennsylvania, Cumberland County, uh, accidentally tripped, hung herself by her medical alert necklace. Uh, <laughs> she was found dead in her bathroom by the visiting nurse who uh, entered the home after getting no response after knocking. Um, the medical response person said that, uh, you know, this lady by the name of, what is her name? DeFrancisco. Oh, that stinks. Um, Roseanne DeFrancisco. She tripped and lost her balance. Uh, like Roseanne Dead Francisco. And, uh, yeah, there you go. And her medical alert nice. necklace got caught on the handle of her own walker. And she was left hanging by the necklace. Which Jesus, cut her off, and and obviously it's accidental. This is really um, shitty luck. But yeah, it definitely it's more it's one of those that definitely make you say what the fuck uh, on that. What? Uh, it, so what do you got, Sean? Well, sorry, I'm gonna, I just choked that segment. Yeah. I'm going to bring mine back to the Oscars and talk about um, one of the not one of the winners, probably one of the losers of the night, even though he did win an Oscar. Sam Smith, uh, the Sam British uh, 23-year-old singer, um, in his probably press conference afterwards, made one gaffe after another. Uh, first, he claimed that his he did win the Oscar for Best Original Song uh, called The Writings on the Wall for the James Bond film Spectre that came out this year. Um, and he misinterpreted a quote um, earlier that I think it was from Sir Ian McClellan was no gay male has won best actor. Now I think Sam Smith took that as no gay male has won an Oscar, which if he thought about that for one more second, he would have been like, wait a second. That's not true. He said that, uh, he said that, um, you know, that, um, and at first, he said that his singing in the performance was horrible, and I, I think everyone would agree with that. Um, he wanted to donate his, you know, he dedicated his Oscar to the LGBT community, which is, you know, totally fine. Uh, Who told him to do that? Uh, what do you mean? No, I was just kind of making a thing. I was uh, like, Who told him to do that? Oh, you know I don't know. Like, I'm sure I somebody did. That's what I'm saying. He then was like, you know, uh, something like, you know, because I'm the first one who won. And people were like, no, you're not. So he's like, oh, I must be the second. And they're like, no, no, that's not. not even true anyway, because Elton John, Dustin Lance Black, and Bill Condon have won. And uh, I guess when uh, the reporter told him that uh, that someone else had won, uh, like a guy named Howard Ashman, he said that, oh, I should hang out and we should date. 
Uh, Ashman died in 1991 uh, contra- from contractions due to AIDS. So not only did holes. he fuck up his or screw up his performance, he then said that he was the first gay guy to win the Oscar. Not true. He said he was a second. Not true. He said he wanted to date the guy who did, uh, and he died in 1991. I mean, could you be any more out of touch with apparently with a scene that you're you know a face of you know you know right now i mean i know the kid he's young he's 23 years old he came out of nowhere he does have a great voice but it's just like dude what the fuck yeah uh sam smith what an idiot yeah uh so my what the fuck story comes out of washington dc where a family says there was a wrong woman in the casket at their grandmother's viewing and the real body is missing and is lost Oh, boy. Are they sure uh, she's dead? <laughs> so a family says their grandmother's body has apparently been lost after they arrived at her viewing to find a different deceased woman in the casket. Uh, Tawana Murphy says that uh, I, I saw the, the body of another female that was not my grandmother. and uh, Tawana, her real grandma in there. <laughs> <laughs> um the, the grandchildren say when they walked into Gray's viewing at uh, Horton's funeral home at, in northwest Washington, D.C. last Friday, the woman in the casket was not her grandmother, but was wearing the clothes that they previously brought to the funeral home for their grandmother. Uh, what was the name of the, uh, the funeral home? Yeah. It was Horton's funeral home. Who? Ah, <laughs> oh, nice one. <laughs> Who's in there? <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Solid. Solid joke. Keeping but us punny. I can't, I can't even imagine, like... You go, you're obviously grieving, None. your grandmother yeah. has passed away, and you go in there, and you're all prepared to say goodbye, and it's not her. It's the makeup. It's the formaldehyde. And they it. have <laughs> no idea where she is, which is mind-boggling And where are they, in me. Texas? Washington, D.C. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's like, you got <laughs> like, yeah, one of the fatter black women back there, just throw her in there. It's like, which one? <laughs> The biggest one you can find. The dead one. Did you go diabetes? Is the one without the foot? The one that looks like Martin Lawrence. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> is it the Medea-looking one, or is it the Big that's, Mama's that's House looking one? Tyler Perry. <laughs> or is it the Grandmama one? <laughs> or LJ. Hercules! Hercules! Hercules. Oh, God. That is a true what the fuck right there. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what that family must be going through and, and the, the terror that must um, be clouding over their oh family Lord. right now. Oh, For sure, man. What the fuck? Holy shit. Yeah. But, uh, gentlemen, that was fun. I can't wait to get it to part is. two. I cannot wait to get part two. There's going to be so many. And the best part about this whole joke thing is we're going to come up with some ones that we think that they missed. Yeah, I've already kind of started uh, a list in terms of... Uh other influences not even so much jokes or like that but yeah i'm very excited i think we'll be uh we'll have more clips and more more info for you guys for sure so it's gonna be good when we start covering the stuff that we've actually we're actually really truly familiar with yeah and that we hold dear to our hearts because you know we grew up with this kind of stuff but uh so definitely check us out next week that'll be episode 57 of wad talk radio uh as always you can find me on uh find the show on twitter at uh wad talk radio facebook Facebook.com, WADD Talk Radio, slash WADD Talk Radio. Uh, you can find me, Sean Heenahan, uh, Twitter at, at Have You Seen Heen. I'm at Heener's Wiener. And I'm at Bill Neville NAI. Talk to you next week. Coming in out of the rain, they hear the jazz cool down. Competition in other places.